baby. We in here, yeah, we in here. We Y'all better get comfortable with saying black. We in here, yeah, we in here. Black versus the Board of Education. Cause we can't get rid of us now. We in here, yeah, we in here. Cause we can't get rid of us now. And you know we that we that's why we are indeed a whole mood. That's it. It's Monday. Yeah. It wouldn't be a party without Black versus the Board of Education. Hey, hey, hey. What's good, party people? My name is Miss Laureen, and I will be your moderator for this here uh, good conversation we're going to have, as, as with every conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And so as we get started, you know that we like to let you know who's in the room because you'll be hearing a bunch of voices, not just mine. Let's bring up Sam and make sure we can hear him. Uh, and let him introduce himself. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Sam. Hello, my name is Sam. I'm 12. I'm in sixth grade, and I like sports. Come on, sports. Come on, sports. Hey, Miss Anaya, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Anaya, and I'm currently a senior in high school. Okay, perfect. Miss Jada. Hey, y'all. My name is Jada. I am a homeschool senior in the Sacramento area, and it's good to be back. All right, and rounding us out today yeah Jalen, what's yeah. good uh my name is Jalen. i am a college student and uh it's, it's another monday it's last monday of february the last monday oh, of black history, history month black history february. and and you know because we have so many issues coming up with discipline in the schools mm-hmm. i figured we would end the week or the month with a conversation about school discipline and what that looks like and what we think it should look like as we move forward. I have several scenarios for you, um, but before we do that, there's a couple of announcements I have to make. Uh, So join us tomorrow here at BYOPHQ, where we will be doing our open house. It's our second annual Black History Open House from six to eight. You are invited to join the party. We got uh, some culture games going on. Uh, we got some food and a whole lot of love, so make sure you come through for that. Um, is that all then? I think that's it. We did have our um, Black History Month celebration and giveaway. Yep. Shout out to the community who came out for that and helped us get rid of all those clothes that were donated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it was good time. And then what else did we do last week? Paint and sip. We did have the paint and sip. Yes, we did. Jada. I would have I would have had you bring your your painting in here, oh, but I yeah. think uh, it was on posted the on the wall already. Yeah. So if you want to see Jada's painting, yep. you can come through to the uh, event tomorrow. <laughs> you didn't make it to the painting sip, well, but I we did come miss. to your event on Friday night yes. at Monterey oh, yeah. Trail, the Black History Month Extravaganza. Come on, tell me how you feeling about that event. What what what's going on? It felt great to put it on. It was like a weight lifted off my shoulders seeing okay. it executed. Okay. Like we planned. So okay. it was a really good event. Really good turnout. Um, I got to see uh, your superintendent, one of my most <laughs> favorite people. <laughs> and then I got to meet your little equity, uh, equity person over equity. Um, yeah. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, no you know, we, we got we got to see a whole bunch of people. I know Adrian made a new friend. Hey, Adrian. Hey, hey, hey. He made a new friend. <laughs> <Bruh>. <laughs> and then, um, let's see. I mean, we showed up and showed up. It was about 12 of us that came from oh, yeah. BYLP. Oh, yeah. Um, so we had a great time. Thank you for inviting us. Uh, and we look forward to seeing what it looks like after y'all leave. Because uh, my seniors mm. are leaving. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What, um, three months. Two. Well, two for me. Sheesh. Yeah. Two. Mm-hmm. Two months Sheesh. for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That's shady. Don't do it. <laughs> mm. She's trying to. She's trying to count on her finger. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get the conversation started. So you know where we have our headquarters right now. We are in Elk Grove, which Elk Grove Unified School District is number one in the state for disproportionate discipline of black children. Mm -hmm. And so what we're seeing, and not just here, but throughout the nation, there is a way in which discipline is administered to black children that is not done to their counterparts. And people will argue they say, oh, well, you know, it's disproportionate black and brown, but we have to understand that the numbers don't say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the problem we can read. Right. So Latino students normally outnumber black students at least three to one in some areas, six to one, seven to one. Right. 
Um, so they should not have comparable discipline numbers. Yeah. And so I have emailed you all, all of the discipline, California education discipline codes, and I'm going to give you a scenario because I think that there's not a lot of talking that goes on around this type of subject. All you get to see is the data that comes out. Um, people are not creative. Um, there's this mindset thing where they say, okay, well, if we just train them on the mindset, however, I believe it's a heart issue. Either I believe you're a human being or I don't. Right. And it's going to inform the way that I communicate with you. Um, if I don't have a relationship with you, I'm more probably more likely to treat you as if you're discardable. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. So we have this scenario and I'm going to give you a local one. I'm not going to mention any names to protect the confidentiality of the students that have uh, given or have provided us with some information about complaints that they have. So I have one student. She was in class and the teacher was reading the book of Mice and Men. In the book, the N-word is prevalent mm -hmm. in the book. The teacher decides to replace the N-word with black man. So as he's reading the book, he's replacing the N-word with black man. Sam, is that appropriate? Yes or no? And why? Uh, I, I don't know where you find it's appropriate to call a black man basically is synonymous with the N-word. Basically what you're saying, it's, it's what you're representing. You may mean well, but you're not realizing what you're saying. You're not realizing what you're doing. Black man, N-word, you're making it synonymous with each other. It means black man equals N-word. That's basically what you're doing. So I don't think it's appropriate. He needs to think about his actions before he does. So what should happen next? Is this a fireable offense? Is this a teaching or a learning moment? Like what needs to happen? I definitely think it's a learning moment. And I think that the students should talk about it and also have some adults in their life to back them up because I can just imagine a little black boy sitting in the class and hearing that, hearing him read that book and saying black man to replace the term, uh, to replace the N word and him probably thinking about himself or his father or, you know, kind of attaching that label to himself and is like, is this what the teacher really thinks about me? And mm -hmm. I think that if a student is uncomfortable about that, I think that that student should definitely speak up about it and talk about it to the teacher because I do think it's a teachable moment. And depending on the teacher's response, I think that should determine the next steps. Mm -hmm. mm. Anaya? I agree. Teachable moment. And that goes back to what is it, implicit bias because why, even though the teacher may not have meant harm, like Sam said, why do you feel the need? to even say that if everyone is reading the book if everyone sees the word they're seeing what you're gonna say just skip over the word everyone mm -hmm. knows it's in the book you don't have to say it you don't have to use a word to replace it just don't say it at all or say n-word yeah oh yeah that too <laughs> yeah i agree with what all all of you guys have said because it's like you know everybody's gonna be uncomfortable everybody's uncomfortable seeing that word i'm not well in the classroom would when you have other people in the classroom and you just I can speak for me. I went to a predominantly white school, and when we read that book, did everybody you, look at you? <laughs> look, I I kept my head in the book. I didn't look up. <laughs> so it's yeah. like I've had, and then we had uh we had some other people in there. So I would look at them, like we would look at each other and just be like, you know what? It's it's getting uncomfortable. You can feel the word about to come up because you can know. Mm -hmm. You skip a few pages, you like okay, it's so, starting to come. So up. let me ask you guys this because I don't know if that's a blanket statement across the board. Does the N word make you uncomfortable, and why? Mm. Depends on who says it yeah. and how it's used. Okay, I think it explain. I mean, because there's going to be people who listen to this mm -hmm. who don't understand. So does it make you uncomfortable, and why? Yes or no? And you said it depends yeah. on who's saying it. Yes. Why does it depend? So if I hear the N-word from my black peers at school, it's like, all right, whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. But if I hear it from someone who's not black at school, it's like, oh, it makes me feel some certain way. And they might not be using it against me or against anyone else. But I know, like, you shouldn't say it shouldn't be said. Or, um, for example, reading books, if my white teacher were to say, this happened freshman year um, in my English class, he, he went out of his way to give this whole speech about oh the n word's gonna come up I'm going to say it just by the way mm. it still made me uncomfortable why do you feel the need to say it mm. 
I agree that it depends on the person. I def like if a black person says it, or if I'm saying with my friends, or like I have a black relative who says it, I I really like it doesn't it doesn't bother me. But when it comes from someone who's not black, it can always have a double meaning under, mm-hmm. and you never know in what context they're using it. Whether they're trying to be friendly, and I I my thing is I don't around me like whatever you want to say it in the comfort of your home when you're in your room and nobody's listening whatever but around me I don't want you to say it because I don't want you to get used to saying it when we're cool cool because what happens when you get disrespectful and you Mm -hmm. feel like you can use that word against me Mm -hmm. and it's like I'm gonna draw the boundary right here so there's no confusion on oh but you let me say it before like Mm -hmm. no I don't want it I don't want to hear period Samuel uh I I would agree it depends on who says it, but also it depends on how you say it and the context and what the situation and what and when you're saying it. I think it's about who who says it and how how it's said. Like if a black person, for example, just to give you an example, says a derogatory term to another black person in a situation where it makes them mad. That is self hate. That is not right. That is it's just not right to do that. And mm-hmm. that's why I say it also depends on the situation, because I, I just don't think that black people can just throw around the word. Like specifically, I'm talking about the hard ER right here, right now, right now. OK. And just say that you're black because it depends on the situation about who you're about, how you're saying it. So that that's my opinion. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Jalen. I think Sam hit it right on the nose. Like it's situational and it's who it actually is being said. And what's so funny to me about that is you all understand that it's situational. You have administrators in multiple districts who seem very confused about why black students would be upset when that word is used towards them from somebody who's not black versus them not being upset when it's a black person saying it. Yeah. And so I, I just find it very interesting that you all seem to be very clear (laughs) <laughs> on the situation yeah, and everybody was... else is confused as hell like yeah. i don't mm-hmm. understand um so second scenario second scenario i have a student who was in class right mm-hmm. um the teacher asks the class what did white men eliminate the white student responded black people mm-hmm. the two black girls in the class look at each other And the white girl goes and files a complaint on them for looking at each other. And they are brought into the office. They are questioned by a black administrator. She makes them sign some document. And they tell her, in order for the school not to believe this student is racist, you should befriend her. What should happen next? It's not my job to make you not look or sound racist. I mean, okay, personally... I would understand why two black students in the class would look at each other, but I would have looked white, at them too. <laughs> the white kid wasn't lying. Like no. I don't know if I would have took offense to that because he said, mm-hmm. "What did what did white people eliminate? Did they eliminate them? Well, technically no. Colin tried to. Well, yeah, tried to. Like you know, I I don't know. Like okay, I just think it's stupid how she filed a complaint against two black students for simply looking at each other, but it was the white student who said it. I don't know. I just, that just seems super unnecessary. And then befriend her. I don't want to be her friend. She just tried to get me in trouble for feeling uncomfortable about a situation that happened in class towards people that are part of my community. Like, why do I have to sit and feel comfortable with that? I don't have to. And I shouldn't be getting in trouble for it. Sam? I feel like even though it may be technically true, it seems kind of like, sarcastic like you know mm-hmm. what did white people eliminate black people ha ha is that funny huh no not it, funny. Wasn't funny. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't funny and just because just because you said something that is insensitive it doesn't mean you have to prevent them you shouldn't be, have to bend your ideals to make a white person happy it's just right it, it just i, I, I <laughs> <laughs> like it was okay for the white boy to say it, but to feel uncomfortable it was a white about girl. it. It was okay for the white student in general to say it, but it's not okay to mm-hmm. feel uncomfortable about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. That's weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And and you have to befriend her. No, I don't. I mean, and I, I liken that, and this is an extreme example. I understand that. 
but it's like somebody violating you and somebody telling you you have to be friends with that person so other right. people don't see them as a violator like, that's not my job that's not my job no and I'm not gonna make it my job and so what I want to see is the documents that she was made to sign um because I keep what do I tell y'all about signing don't stuff? make statements without your parent present what do I tell y'all about signing stuff don't do don't. it don't do it so we have to stop signing things that one mm -hmm. we don't understand the implications of what it is like did it go in her file like why why do I have to sign something because I was made to feel uncomfortable yeah. like those are the things like I'm trying to understand like I don't think y'all should sign anything, period. Mm -hmm. Because I think that that is going to require a conversation with your parents mm -hmm. um, and whoever else to get to the bottom of why, one, this was said in the first place, why you thought it was funny, and how you expected the two Black students in the class to feel had you said that, right. since you said it, right? That seemed like, in my mind, a teachable moment. That should not have been a moment where... I'm going to prefer one student over the other. It depends on who mm -hmm. gets to me first to tell their side of the story. The girl was sent to the office, but she, the, the perpetrator, right? Cause they like to label people was allowed to weaponize her tears to then take the focus off of her and place it on another student. I just don't get it. Like how are you going to get in trouble for looking at yeah. somebody like, that's what everybody does. Because it made her uncomfortable. It made her think that you were calling her racist. Well, are you? Well, she ain't say nothing. With so it's like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, well, are you over here just trying to make assumptions of what they're saying without saying something? Like, if I look at, if you, if Jada was to say something, we'll look at each other and be like this. And then Jada goes to be like, because y'all are talking with your eyes, right? <laughs> that no, that's what happens, yeah. right? Yeah. We talk with our eyes. Yeah. I don't have to say anything verbally. Yeah. But it seemed like she was more so like self conscious because I think even what she, she knew what she said was a little off. And so say to say the girls were looking at each other, they might have like I I'm pretty sure it was about the same situation. But what if they were like talking about a TikTok or something or something different? They just look at each other. And I feel like it has to do more with like self-consciousness. Like, you know what you said was weird, which yeah. is why you she didn't her. get the response she wanted no. from oh, the general. About to clap. Like, what <laughs> you want to do? Up. Yes. But you're right. Yes. yes. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Oh, y'all sound like family feud. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> All right. So, next one. Next one. Next one. So I have this student. Um, she was on break at her school. Uh, I guess y'all have breaks during passing periods. I don't know. Oh, it's yeah. been a while. It's been yeah. a while since I've been in you, high school. You, you about five um, minutes. And <laughs> she was listening to her AirPods or whatever, however, whatever type of device. Um, she was approached from behind by six girls. And they say, I heard you were talking about me. And she's looking like, no, not me. Wasn't me. I wasn't talking. And it was like they were trying to bait her to fight them. Right. Yeah. Um, she ended up having a panic attack. And she goes to the office. Now, the office um, talks to one of the other girls, not the six, but she talked to one of the girls um, and made them sign them both. The girl who was approached and this one girl made them both sign a no contact contract thoughts not fair why um because like in that situation it's the it's the classic oh i can't if you swing on me then i have full i can say that it was self-defense that's what that was it was like oh yeah. swing on me swing on me i, I dare you to swing on me mm -hmm. but then why are you gonna make the person who didn't do anything sign a no contract or agreement like they did something wrong Mm -hmm. Now, me personally, you approached me with all six of your friends. I don't mind not ever having to be in contact with you again. Because, like, if I imagine six girls walking up to me, they could have jumped me. They could have, like, there were six of them. It wasn't one-on-one. -on -one, it was one-on-six. on six. That was unfair. And so I would understand why she probably had a panic attack. She was probably chilling, enjoying her day, and then six girls come up trying to bait her into fighting. Mm -hmm. And say she said no. Were they going to jump her? Like, I can imagine all the things that were happening in her head. So me personally, I'm fine with the no contact contract. If I never have to be in contact with you again, that's fine. Now, as for the other six girls, I felt like the other six girls should have been there because they were a part of the problem. Mm -hmm. so. so you think the other six 
the other five girls five, yeah. should have signed it too. Yes. Now, do you know the implications of a no contact contract? Should you violate that, you are subject to suspension. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so if okay, or some uh, additional discipline. Yeah. So I'm more along the lines with you. I don't agree that she should have had to sign anything because she wasn't the one who approached anybody aggressively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Samuel, what do you think? I would say I'm eating. I can't I eat. <laughs> I can't get my food. Why, why the no contact cost? Because you think about it, you're going to pass up by people just in the hallway. Is that is that cause for getting suspended? You you have to think like you're in a school environment. People are going to pass people in hallways like over and over and over again. It's in the same grade, especially. So you expecting them to have no contact and then also singling out one person in the whole group. Right. Hold on. What what is this? What why are we singling now? Why are we isolating a certain person and making them kind of like the uh you know they're the they're to blame? Why why are we singling out one person if if they weren't even involved? Yeah. Like so- it's it's just so unnecessary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, what does it mean to break a no contact contract? Like, is it just merely passing by each so, other? Is it like no, communicating? I, I No, I think everyone is different. Mm-hmm. Um, They have different rules. But the thing with no contact agreements are they change a lot. Of, like, if you have class with that person, you have mm-hmm. to end up changing your schedule. Oh. Then you have to change your mm-hmm. lunch. Yeah. Then you have to make, then they'll have. So let me read it to yard. you. It says students listed below have been instructed and agreed to temporarily in contact and communication with each other during instructional and non-instructional times. Hmm. The restriction includes look at, talk about, write notes, name calling, touch, write notes to, post on social media networks or vulgarity and profanity. You can't talk about what happened. You can't be by the or you can't look at the person. You can't talk to the person. Look at them. Mm -hmm. My eyes go. My eyes go. And so. It's important that you guys understand that these contracts that that you put in and then that they make students sign, should you violate that? And we know that these school districts are disproportionate in the way that they handle discipline. Mm. We can't just look at it on face value and right. think that it is what it is. Right. Right. It's always something more. And I hate to use this word, but I'm going to insidious behind why they're doing what they're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I want you to be very, very cognizant of this as we talk about this next situation, which we're going to transition to Um, there. This is a story out of Florida. And apparently this young man, uh, he wasn't a man. I'm sorry. This boy, Mm -hmm. 17 years old, um, was in his class. uh, And I'll just read you what it says. It says the 17 year old with special needs is seen rushing the woman to the to the hallway he shoves her and she is thrown to the ground which knocks her unconscious the student is then seen kicking and punching the aide as others rush in to stop him according to investigators this happened after the woman had the woman had taken away the teen's video game the student is now charged with aggravated battery and then they go on to describe him he is described as being six feet, seven inches tall, weighing 270 pounds. The victim was taken to the hospital. What should happen? So I will, before you answer, I, I gave y'all a copy of the discipline, right? The, the discipline, uh, California Ed Code Discipline Matrix, right? Or the laws, how discipline needs to be handled in this type of situation. Um, what I would like to underscore is that this student has special needs. What that doesn't tell me is what type of special needs does the student have? Is the student autistic? Is this, does the student have a trigger with um, Im- like immediate changes? Mm-hmm. Like if something is taken from him, how does he normally respond? All that information is left out and we're left with a synopsis of what it is that they presented. Now, I will admit the video is very, very graphic. Mm -hmm. Without context, I might say certain things, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But knowing that the student is special needs, does that matter and should that be taken into consideration? I'd say yes, 
only because um I know that for the aides they well I'm assuming that they go through a different training mm-hmm. for to attend to those children with special needs now not justifying his behavior because I do agree what he did was wrong um I just want to know what like led up to the event yeah. what care was not giving to him mm-hmm. what supports did he not need or did he not get sorry yeah Jalen it's a tough one um because I do believe that he I do believe that she shouldn't have taken things from him because I'm pretty sure that she probably knew mm. to not take things from him mm. um if that because I'm that wasn't I would have probably assumed that wasn't his first blow up uh-huh. Right. Um, so it's like a thing where you're like, uh, yeah, yeah. Come on, Jada. <laughs> it's it's complicating to me because it's complex to me because you know it wasn't just like a he kicked and punched and screamed or it wasn't a tantrum. It was like she got sent to the hospital. But at the same time, I still want to know what happened before to know what led up to the results of this situation because like Jalen said, and like Anaya said, like you should be trained to know the kid that you're handling, right? Especially if you know they have special needs. And I do think that they should have been a little more specific to understand the gravity of the situation. But I would think that if you're trained enough to understand the kid that you're taking care of, you should know its triggers and you should know what might cause a big reaction like this Mm -hmm. to a point where it's like, I don't I just need to know the whole story yeah. because was she yeah. doing it to get a rise out of him because he wasn't listening to her and so she was like I'm gonna do this because I know that it triggers him and cause an effect or was it kind of just like I don't know like just a really bad day for him like I don't know I need yeah. to know more. yeah Samuel I feel like the um m- um m- special needs aspect does play into it heavily, heavily. but at the same time the teacher wasn't um Pro- needs to be trained more properly just to just you you can't just do that especially when special needs children they 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 need extra help they need kind of extra care you can't just take something away and expect them to respond like completely like oh okay this is okay this is fine they they need to develop those skills and that's why i say it's, it's also a failure on the school they mm-hmm. They are seventeen. They should they should be able to know know this and at least know how to cope with these type of situations and not have these blowups because they're almost eighteen. A- after that, there's no there's no protecting them. There's no right. There's a child that that's they're all on their own. That that's their responsibility. So I think it's a failure on the school as well to teach these kids special needs kids the coping mechanisms if this situation happens. Right. And, and I look at it um, a little bit different because as an advocate, we have to deal with these type of situations. One, I want to know, does the child have an IEP? Mm-hmm. And if the child has an IEP, which is, indi- which is an individualized education plan, what were the accommodations that were given to the child, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times in those documents, they'll tell you the student's strengths and they'll also tell you areas of concern, was him blowing up an area of concern? Was him being on this this device an area of concern? And if it was, what steps were they taking to mitigate that? Mm-hmm. Um, they knew he was six seven prior to yeah. this situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They knew he was black and six seven and two hundred and seventy pounds yeah, prior seven, to this amazing. situation. What measures did they put into place to have an adult male? Mm-hmm who was about that size in there, should this student have a blow up, right? right? That's what I was What type of safety precautions did they take? Now, I don't think that they're going to look at this and and it be a slap on the wrist because based on education code uh, 48-915, he he injured a a school employee. That is an expellable offense. Mm -hmm. Do I think he should have been arrested? Yeah, he was arrested and charged with aggravated battery. Um, So now the student is thrust into two different systems, right? Yeah. 
the juvenile justice system, depending mm-hmm. on when he turns 18, he might be kicked over to the adult system. I yeah, don't know. But he's special needs. So I, I understand, but there mm-hmm. are a lot of special needs blacks, black <clears throat> men incarcerated currently. Mm-hmm. So that's never been a thing that dissuades people from yep. charging or overcharging these people, right? These young mm-hmm. men. Um, yeah. And so we have to be very, very clear on there were no safety precautions put into place to mitigate should he have a an episode or you know what type of things these little these little women most of the people in the education field are white women let's keep it a buck mm-hmm. so what type of what type of things did they do to try to make sure that they had some place or someone in the area to protect her. Now I saw the video. There was no men coming no. to her arrest no. at all. You seen, the, period. you seen the lady walk past. Yeah. She looked at it mm-hmm. and she kept walking. Mm-hmm. But like, then you see all these women trying to come and get this this big old boy, mm-hmm. right? Because he was. Um off of this this lady who's unconscious. Mm-hmm. But where were where are the safety mm-hmm. precautions or safety? You know, like there was nothing there. Yeah. So this was, I believe, a failure on the schools mm-hmm. be- because they did not have the safety in. But we have to understand there are no, go- there's not going to be any kid gloves applied to this situation. Yeah, there's just not. It's an expellable offense. I believe that they will put him out of that school, regardless of his special needs. They will have to do a manifestation determination, especially if they were here in this state. Mm-hmm. They would have to do a manifest manifestation determination, which is a process they go through. Mm-hmm. to make sure or to see if their disability contributed to the way in which they reacted to a situation. Um, and if all those steps are taken, they may have some grace. They may uh, they may be able to do an abeyance contract of sorts, but I think that they're going to paint him as a brute and a brutal person along the lines of every stereotype of every black male that they do. And I think that he's going to be put out. So mm-hmm. I think that would you agree? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. just off of the way that the um the headlines just didn't even go into depth of yeah. what his needs were. Or can they, since he's not 18? Or I mean they can tell you. I mean okay. they can't depending on if they charge him as an adult. Uh-huh. Um, because the aggravated they told you what he's being charged with. Yeah. Why wouldn't they tell you or why wouldn't his family come out and say what yeah. the nature of his disability was? Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that we just have to be very, very clear on just because we think something doesn't mean that people won't apply the law when yeah. it benefits them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, because I've seen a lot of kids cut up, a lot of non-black kids cut up on oh, yeah. campuses and they never get held to the standard that black students get held to. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we got to just keep it a buck. That's just what it is. Um, and then the second story, so that this one comes out of California. And basically, um, they were giving out black history cards at this elementary school. Um, it says, it's a lesson in bigotry no one should have to learn as a child, but parents of several black sixth graders at Pepper Tree Elementary in Upland said their kids have been targets of racial bullying. They told Fox 11 a group of five or six classmates handed out handwritten, hand-drawn cards calling them my favorite monkey, or in one case, a cotton picker, and the promising the group would be nice to them for Black History Month. Um, wow. <laughs> the, Rome Douglas said his daughter, and I'm laughing because it's just ridiculous, sorry. Uh, Rome Douglas said his daughter got a card reading, you're my favorite slave. With a picture of a slave hanging from a tree. What? He said his daughter is only 12 years old and her twin brother has also been taunted with monkey sounds. Douglas said the racial bullying has been going on for about two weeks and started when a group of sixth graders told her they'd give her a back rub for Black History Month. What should happen next? That's so weird. Mm. A back. Oh, that's so weird. Samuel. What should happen? All those students that were doing the racial bullying, expelled, gone. Get them out of here. I mean, I mean, immediately. Because first off, how are we supposed to say school is a safe place for kids mm-hmm. if this is happening on campus? 
If it's a safe haven for kids, possibly sometimes even safer than the home, how is how is this happening? And it's a supposed safe place for kids, safe place for all students are 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 included and belong. It's just not the case. We need to attack the issue and not kind of hover around it, pick at it, and then just leave it alone. Kind of kind of like kind of like a cut. I mean, you know, you pick at it and then you leave it alone and then it gets infected. And then you gotta cut off your arm. And then that That escalated very quickly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> question, okay. question, question, question. Yes, yes. So the the students who wrote these cards were they were they white? Were they was there like or is it just I a group would of assume people? based on the, the tone mm-hmm. in this this story that they were non black. So the reason why I would assume some yes, some no is because they're I feel like this is what happens. First of all, this is what happens when you don't teach history, the right history, because then you have people making jokes about this. Like it's funny and like, you know, you're going to give it to a black person and they're going to laugh like, oh, somebody's hanging from a tree. Like, that's not. Did you think they gave it to him to laugh? No, I think that they did this out of comedy. I'm going to be honest. Like, I feel like they did this out of comedy that they thought it would be really funny because you said they're what, 12, they're They're, 12. So they're in sixth grade, sixth grade. Because they're these are Samuel's classmates. Mm. Uh-oh. <laughs> because they're he said, no, 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 no. And not my kin. <laughs> I think that if they're if the majority of the group was white, then I feel like it's so complicating to me because people oh my god, this generation makes jokes out of the word monkey and cotton picking and you know it's black history month and you know you see these TikToks of like all these white people doing all these great things for black people. Like, not these great things, but, like, these TikToks were, like, there's, like, this one black person, and then, like, the black person pushes the white person out of the way, yeah. and it's, like, oh, it's Black History Month. Like, there's just a lot of comedy behind it, especially during Black History Month. I've seen so much stuff on TikTok to where I think that they thought that this would be funny to a point where, like, it's, like, I don't know. I think they just need to be really educated and suspended. I definitely think that some disciplinary action needs to be held, but, like, I don't, like, I don't know. From the bottom of their hearts, I do not know if this was out of hate or if they thought that it would be funny because they saw a TikTok about it or they don't know the full history behind it to where like, oh, bro, like that wouldn't be cool. Like that might actually offend them. I don't know. I can. I wholeheartedly agree with what Jada said, because Mm -hmm. like this generation finds comedy out of trauma. Uh, They think that things that we would find very racist some people just be like, you know what? It's just a dark joke, dark humor. You can't yeah. take dark humor. Yeah, that's right. what a lot of people will say: is mm-hmm. you can't take dark humor. Or I'm a dark. I love dark humor. So they'll say a joke that, and then they'll laugh and they'll be like, "You didn't think that was funny?" So they try to make it funny for everybody when it's only funny to them. It's like a. It's a weird thing. It's weird. It's very weird. And so. You guys are saying it's a teachable moment. Samuel says mm. it's expellable. I um, think it's Samuel, teachable. I would I would like to know what ed code you would apply to that should you uh, come to. Um, and I put the link in the document if you want to look through. Um, and there may be some more um, that we could look up. What are y'all looking at? What are you saying? Forty eight. 900.3 and 4 hate violence and harassment threats and or intimidation. Okay. All right. Those could be applicable if people would use them. Oh. I rarely have seen those ed codes used. Um it's always 48900 mm-hmm. A1 A2 48915 are the go-tos that I've seen um in most districts um that have issues with students. Um I've never seen hate violence or any of that <laughs> and I'm I'm wondering why because a lot of the com or the complaints we get yeah. have to do with students feeling they were being racially harassed, mm-hmm. but that I've never seen that. It's interesting. I think it be I think it's because it be, it comes with a, a a really really negative connotation on the school. Yeah, yeah. and they think that our school never does this. Yeah, we they don't think that this. the they think that the public would think that the school is a place where that that provides fuel to that. Uh, fire. I don't. You know how schools are. Yeah. I would say their own statistics 
provides <laughs> because for I that feel fire. Like, I feel like putting down that code would mean that they would have to admit to racism. Like, you know, they like to be like, it doesn't exist here. I don't know what you're talking about. We and don't tolerate it. We don't, oh, we don't yeah. tolerate, we don't yeah. tolerate yeah. it. Even though you're looking at an incident that just happened at our school. <laughs> they so they'd be so quick to be like, We don't we we don't do bullying, but hate uh, hate violence. Uh, really, I don't, I don't yeah. know about that one. We don't do hate violence. Hate violence doesn't happen, but bullying, uh, we don't bully out here. It's like, we don't bully. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And so, you know, because there's there has been a lot of parents. I, I was at the school board meeting here in Elk Grove. Um, I don't even know last week. Um, there was a parent on there talking about her daughter is being bullied and the school is not responding. Um, do you think that schools can adequately respond to bullying? And if so, what codes would you tell them to start using? Because I gave them to y'all. Oh, everybody seems to be confused when you start talking about different things that are happening on their campuses and the fact that they're not responding, sometimes they say we have a zero tolerance for bullying or this is a safe haven. But time after time, you have parents coming forward saying my child is being subjected to being bullied and the school is doing nothing. Mm -hmm. What should be happening when schools get reports of bullying, they should take action because this is zero. Be more time. specific. They need some help. Be more specific. This is my thing. Everybody's so zero tolerance. I think it's. I think everybody just turned zero tolerance because it was a movement. Everybody. They seen a couple people. They seen uh, people getting bullied, and they're like, "All right, no tolerance." But like, it still happens because they allow it to happen. When they get complaints, they don't do anything. They'll just be like. They'll bring both people in. They'll be like, what happened? They'll get both sides of the story. They'll be like, all right, well, let me know when the next time it happens. Mm-hmm. And they'll do, so or, let me know when the next time it happens. And then let me know when the next remember, time it happens. Or a matter of fact, they'll, the person will come in and complain. Well, let me know when it gets worse. Yes. Why do you want it to get worse for me? Why would you yeah. want that? Let me know if something else happens. You know, like, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll keep an eye like, on it. Are you waiting for me to get punched in the face? Oh, yeah, maybe we should talk about it. You yeah, think? They don't you do anything so? until, unless it gets physical. <laughs> Literally. Or if it's online. And Samuel's about to have a conniption. Do you oh. want to add something? I don't go know. Ahead. I keep seeing your hands go up. I'm, like, I'm tired of these school lessons being like, go tell a teacher if you're if you're getting bullied. The teacher doesn't care. It seems like they just don't care. Good point. What if the teacher is bullying the student? Like, just, what do you I'm do? Well, that's a whole nother situation. Yeah. Samuel, what if the teacher is the one bullying? I mean, I mean, I'm gonna assume teachers gonna stick by teachers' backs. How am I gonna tell a teacher and then a teacher gonna tell that teacher and then be like, and then she's just gonna bully you more? I mean, that's that's called retaliation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, one student said they went and told the teacher, and the teacher told them, "Stop being a tattletale." Are we five? That's kind of hard. Are you? They were. They were about. They were about eight, but still, it's like. But you told them to come and tell, come tell a safe adult, come, come and, you know, ab- they, they talk about being what? your yeah, own yeah. advocate, a self-advocate, right? Um, And then I tell y'all about that power imbalance, right? So when a student comes in and they talk about something that's happening on campus and they talk about a teacher and they try to go in and defend themselves, it gets worse, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, right? Because the teacher is like, you're a student and you're going to do what I say, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's just, it's very bizarre that we would see an uptick in bullying when they have all these little corny um, PSAs they like to to show at the school board meeting. Stop, think, and walk away, right? (laughs) And if I walk away and they hit me in the back of the head with something, what do you you talk about? I just think people, they just need to just learn just common sense because it's not common. No. So I don't even know. What should we call it now? Sense? Uncommon sense. Yeah, Uncommon y'all, gotta, sense. y'all gotta learn some common sense because, like, y'all say stop the bullying, but half of the teachers in the school be bullying. And then mm. when we go to the when we go to admin, admin be out kikiing with these teachers, so they ain't gonna do nothing because oh, they the not, homies. Not the kikiing. It be admin be bullying the the kids too. <laughs> they be they be having dinners. They be having group dinners. Yes. They be, they, you ain't gonna tell your homie. You, you ain't right. gonna fire your homie. They gonna talk about the so kid. So you're like, yeah. And it was funny. So uh, who was that? 
Big Jada and I went to a school some time ago when I was still at the Capitol. And so we're in there and we're talking about a student who had been bullied um, by the teacher or whoever it was. And so they took a break. And so Big Jada went to the bathroom and I don't know where I went, but she came out of the bathroom and this teacher was in there talking to another teacher, talking about the kid yep. while we were there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm like, oh, so this is what y'all do. Yeah. So the student oh, yeah, didn't, have, sure. didn't have a chance. And as she's sitting here and she's telling exactly what's been happening in class, these adults are saying she's such a liar. I can't believe. Mind you, she was about eight. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Y'all talking about an eight-year-old right now? These adults are childish. They're, they're very childish. Mm-hmm. And they're used to saying whatever and that being believed. However, we go in, we believe the kid, and then you got to convince us otherwise, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so it, it was just very, very bizarre because I remember, I, I think we shut the meeting down <laughs> because I'm not about to sit up here and subject this baby to go back into this person's classroom when they just showed their true color saying whatever they said. Yeah. And so I pulled one of the um, administrators from the district and I'm like, I don't know what y'all got going on here. But this is not a, and it's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't expect this family to send this baby back to this school. And so she was pulled out. But I say all that to say people are not who they appear to be when you first come in. Like they were super nice. They offered me water. Of course, you know, mm-hmm. they were Thank like, you, I don't Alcala. know why she would feel this way. All we had to do was wait. Mm-hmm. And yep. they, they comes out because you thought we wasn't in the building still. It was very bizarre. And so I say all that to say, how are we ensuring that our students are safe amongst people who have demonstrated their inability to keep them safe? I would say. And they're hiding behind the laws. Let me add that in there. I would say to get somebody like you. (laughs) They don't want nobody like me. Well. No, saying somebody <laughs> like you on their team, just like that'll come in and knows like that can combat them with mm-hmm. this. Yeah, because we don't do emotions. We do facts. We do laws over here because yeah. they like um, to pull effects. The statistics show. Well, let me show you what these statistics show. Yeah. Right. And they don't want to have that conversation. Like um, I told him <laughs> the funny thing is I told him, I said, the problem that you have with me is I can read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just like. But that's not what it says. That's exactly what it says. That's exactly what mm-hmm. it says. And I can show, show, turn the page, such and such and such and such. This is why I tell you it's so important for you all to be well-read and well-versed in what it is you're about to combat. Because we can go in there and get emotional and talk about yeah. all kind of other stuff and get off of the subject. We have to know what the laws are. Mm-hmm. We have to know that they're coming through the discipline codes that are written in the books, right? And we have to know how to decipher that and make it plain English for the people that may be coming to us for help, right? Um, They expect, and I'm going to tell you, one of the school board people, I I don't think they're on the school board anymore, but they told me they expect Black people to come in, cuss them out, and go away. Yeah. And so they're going to wait you out. So you're coming in and you're talking about your kid is being bullied or your kid is not being done fair. What they're saying is, oh, well, we just got to listen to them for a couple of times. They'll go away because, you know, they won't see any movement. They'll see an action and they'll just get tired and they'll go away. Mm -hmm. The problem is BYOP ain't going nowhere. Mm -hmm. And so they have to learn how to deal with us. Right. And so how do we do that? How do we encourage people to keep coming back, even if they're not seeing the changes they want to see immediately? I think simply just by showing them that they have people to support them. I feel like it's really hard to continue doing something by yourself, mm-hmm. especially when you're going to the higher power to ask for help to get your kid the right treatment that they deserve. And they're continuously being shot down and having to come back by yourself over and over again and continuously getting shot down. But when you come as a collective, they're like, oh, they haul in here. Oh, they're not going away. It makes them nervous to a point where it's like, oh, I'm not alone in this anymore. But I think just being alone, it kind of discourages you because it's like maybe I am going crazy. Like maybe I shouldn't be doing this anymore because like obviously nothing's changing. So I think collect community is, is important. 
Samuel, how do we encourage people to keep going? Uh, I, I would agree with just a community, uh, kind of uh, a foundation where it's not just one person against a whole a whole staff of of a school, like basically a whole district. You have you have ten, maybe twelve, maybe twenty people behind you supporting you and kind of helping you get through this and helping you uh, support your child rather than you just being alone trying to come on let's throw hands with like 20 people like you're not gonna win i mean at, at the end of the day you're gonna lose because they're just gonna overpower you they're just gonna overrule you but when you come with that same that same force that same energy when you come with that that same support you can actually make changes but when it's just by yourself when you're just isolated and alone and just fighting 1v20 let's go let's go throw hands <laughs> you're gonna lose I mean. yeah Anaya, what do you think what do you think how do we keep um, people going I agree with the community, but I'm also asking myself if someone doesn't feel comfortable or, or someone doesn't feel like they have community, how does that person keep going? Because it's very draining to, like Sam said, 1v20 to keep fighting and you feel like no one's on your side. You feel like no one has your back. So I'm thinking of that aspect. How would we encourage people? Oh, just, you know, don't give up. I think it's I think it has to go back to you have to do whatever you going you going to do whatever you can do to make sure your kid has the best life. So if that means that you got to read all the all the law all the ed codes and mm-hmm. make sure that you coming up there with facts you like nah you didn't you sh- he shouldn't have been suspended because y'all didn't follow this procedure or if that means that you got to go reach out to go find somebody in Tennessee that can help you like you got to you going to have to do what you going to have to do for the best interest of your kid you know what i'm saying and that's that's what i think personally yeah i mean and i think that that is what they keep telling us that it has to be a whole bunch of people to do stuff but i started in 2018 helping families yeah it was just me right mm-hmm. and i i always like this quote um by edward edward hill it says i am only one but i am still but I, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not, I refuse to do something that I can, I, hold on. I will not refuse to do something that I can do. So it was incumbent upon me. If, if I stayed where I was at, at the state Capitol chilling, Mm -hmm. I was chilling. I had my benefits. I was getting me a check every two weeks. I was living good. Right. But I knew I could do more and I knew I was more useful on the outside. Mm-hmm. So when people tell me, oh, it takes a group of people. No, it doesn't. It takes somebody who's not willing to give up. And then mm-hmm. hopefully someone will see that energy mm-hmm. and hook on to that. Mm-hmm. And then we can develop into that Voltron or oh whatever it is. Because I, I'll walk up and I used to walk up into them meetings. That's why y'all see all a bunch of Eric Killmongers around. Yeah. You know, he he was by himself, but he had all them tattoos that told you everybody, everything that he won. He he called them kills, but I, I mean, I could say that, um, you know, every time. But it's like, if you give up, say you start the momentum, right? And you give up. What does that say to everybody else who was looking to you mm-hmm. to be that beacon of hope for them? There is no hope. That is too it's hard like, no to give hope up. for you, no hope for me. Like mm-hmm. what I got. Yeah. And I know they wish I would go away. I know oh, they yeah. wish I would. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I was just told last week um that I was angry. I'm like, I am. I'm like, that's news to me. I'm an angry black woman. I'm just factual when it bothers you. I'm like, wow. I thought I, I know I'm direct. I'm like, but I'm always angry. Mm-hmm. That's cute. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. But I think people interpret the way in which you move as anger when mm. what they do doesn't seem to phase you, <laughs> phase yeah. you in, at all. Yeah. And you still come in like you got oil wells pumping in your living room, right? Yeah. You still walk in like you're supposed to be there. Because as I see it, then nobody who didn't take care of their own kids during slavery going to tell me or be the authority over black children when they couldn't even do their mm. own job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe that, and I don't subscribe. 
So tell me something else. And that's what you can do when people don't know who they are and there's not a foundation from which and where they live from, right? Can't nobody tell me who I am. I know exactly who I am. And if I walk into a room by myself, just know I'm not by myself. Mm-hmm. I'm a child of the most high God, right? Right? Mm-hmm. And so that's how you have to move because people are not always going to understand why you're specific about things. I'm very specific about black children. I am because nobody else was. Right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nobody else wanted to speak for black children. But the other part to that is I'm very well read. I made sure I knew the ed codes. I made sure I knew how to navigate a manifestation determination. My very first one, they said, you're going to have to do a manifestation determination. I'm like, well, what's that? And so I'm Googling. I said, well, let me ask you this. Can I ask some questions? They were like, yeah. I said, okay, I'm ready. I had no idea what that was, Mm -hmm. but I won. (laughs) (laughs) And all it takes is those, those moments when you see a family and they're relieved, you know, because of what you've amassed, you know, knowledge wise and how you handle people. All it takes is that, that one family to say, you know what, thank you so much. And you keep going because you realize that you're having an effect. Mm -hmm. And that's what this is. This life is not about me. It's Mm -hmm. not about what I can do, how great and wonderful I am. No, it's about how many people did you serve? Mm -hmm. What were you put here to do? Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing or are you living for you? And that's what we need to figure out because there's a lot of people in these districts who are living for themselves, making sure their pockets are lined and they're going to be in the same size casket as me. Everybody got to go out in the hearse. Let's, let's be real. And they have a lot. You reap what you sow. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to deal with a lot of things. And it may not be their children right now, but it may be their grandchildren who are going to go through the same things they allowed to happen on their watch when it came to black children. And that's what it's going to be. So what are y'all going to do? How are you going to show up for your community? I'm going to keep being on the podcast. Uh, okay. That's one thing. Okay. How are you going to continue to show up, Jada? I want to learn how to be an advocate. Oh, come on. I like to hear that. Because that, what they don't want is a whole bunch of youth energy. Mm-hmm. They got they my, me that. and my resting face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jalen, how are you showing up for community? Yeah, I'll be in these streets. You be in these streets? Hey, <laughs> like, they don't know my body, but they hey, they know my body. Though. What? What? <laughs> I don't understand. If you know, you know. I don't know. If you know, you know. Nah, we don't but, know. <laughs> nah, but uh, I'm 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 gonna continue to try to mentor those coming up to yeah. make sure that um, because I I like to say this a lot. It, it only takes one good person in your life to change the trajectory of it. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. I want to be that person for for some people. Oh, and Jada, you're being a big sister, a big a big sister like slash mentor right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And so you're gonna come over to the advocacy side, huh? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm gonna do both. I can juggle. Can. I mean, I can't can. real life juggle, but I can juggle this. Yeah. Anaya, so you're gonna be on the podcast and what? What are you gonna Ms. do to BSU? show up? What you gonna do for your school while you stood there? Mm, good question. Something that I haven't done yet. I don't know. You tell me what you're gonna do. I don't know what you're doing. Continue doing that's having an effect. I'm gonna continue to show up for my peers, for my black peers. (laughs) (laughs) She said correction. Specificity right here. Samuel, what how are you gonna continue to show up for community? Uh oh. I think he got stuck. And and you know he had something good to say too. I know, I know. He did. He's looking real. But this is the thing. This is the thing, y'all. And we're we're gonna end it pretty soon here. Um, oh. oh, there you go. Come on, Sam. What you gonna do? I'm gonna show up. Just show up. You gotta show up. Uh, <laughs> school board meetings. Um, let's go, you know, Sam. School board. Yeah. School, 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 students. You know, just involving yourself in community and no. First off, knowing your education codes in your district. Knowing, you know, uh the stats of disciplinary discipline, knowing all that, that's showing up. That is improving your community. And then also actually showing up, like actually going going somewhere and doing something. That's that's what I want to do. 
Period. That's dope. That's Say dope. That. And it's not enough to just know the ed codes. Please be get familiar with your school's handbook. Mm. Those are the rules that they are going to have you abide by. And if they miss a step, you got them, mm -hmm. right? And so just make sure that, again, you're well-read, well-researched. You can't help nobody if you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And they know all of these things like the back of their hands. So it's incumbent upon you to learn it, okay? And with that... We are done for the day. We are going to sign out right here. Check us out next Monday, 4.30 PST, right here on YouTube and Facebook. We are going to hit you with the wave, and Sam is already warming up. Oh, Let's period. go, Sam. Let's go. Oh, Come on, Jada. Naya. Hey. We'll see you next <laughs> week. Ooh, baby. Bye. <laughs>